You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, church. Good morning. Oh, you're in the dark a bit down there. Can we have the lights up a little bit so I can see some faces? That'll be good. Oh, you are there. Good. Excellent. Hi, tribe. Oh, my God. Excellent. Okay. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace today. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, um, good morning to Cafe Church. Uh, Can you hear me down there? Give me a cheer. No, they're all asleep. Can you open the door a bit so we can hear Cafe Church? Okay, are you enjoying your lattes? Good. Well, that'll be interesting. Okay, it's a pleasure to be asked to be speaking to you all again this morning. Uh, I am constrained by time, and I must stick to that time as best I can. So we're going to press on, okay? And I want to express a special welcome to those who are here today. Okay, those that are here today who are standing on the threshold of faith in Jesus Christ. I will particularly be addressing you a little bit later on. But at the moment, my message is focused on those that are already in the kingdom of God and in this church. Is that okay? We're going to come to you back to you in a minute. But church, you know me well enough now to know that I love to use visual aids in my presentation to to help stimulate things, okay? So my first visual aid is this. Now, tell me, what do you use one of these for? Smacking people, right. Bear that in mind. What else do you use one of these for? Stirring. Stirring. Thank goodness you're here, Tom. Stirring, stirring. Listen, church. I have a message here today that I'm going to stir you up. You want to be stirred up? Because I think it's so easy to settle and to be plateaued off and just sort of settle into church life, you know? But I want to stir you up today. Maybe, maybe give you a good smack with this. Perhaps that's what you need. A really good slap. We'll get an opportunity for that later. But I want to stir you up, church, to greater things in your faith, greater things in God, because I believe God has got greater things in store for us here. Amen? Do you agree? Oh, there's three of you. That's good. Excellent. We're not called to be settlers, you know. We're called to be pioneers. We're called to go places where, with the gospel into the darkest places and to share God's love. Like that couple going out to that orphanage. Bless them. Bless them. Excellent. Well done. Go for it. Fantastic. I want to stir you up and provoke you today, especially those who claim to be Christians. Okay? Followers of Jesus Christ. The question I want to pose to you today, to each and every one of you, is this, who claim to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, is are you following him or are you wandering? Do you deviate and wander? Are you following him? You can't follow someone that you've lost sight of and you can't follow someone that you're not in regular communication with. 
And I don't just mean Sunday mornings. Are you walking with the Lord Jesus Christ? Not just today, because it's Sunday, but every day. Jesus is the same every day. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want you to listen to this next line, okay? Listen, pin your ears back, open your ears, listen to this. His faith in you is unwavering. His faith in you is unwavering. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that give you a great sense of security, you know? His faith in you. Not your faith in him, but his faith in you is unwavering. It doesn't alter. From that first day you receive Christ, it doesn't alter. He keeps his promise. He is faithful, even when we are not. Are you walking with him? Or have you been too busy and distracted by the things of the world? It's so easy, isn't it? Now... I'm going to pass this down here, over here, this spoon. Right. I want you to pass it around, okay? Pass it around. Excellent. This is just a reminder. As it comes round, you'll see. Now then, my next visual aid is very simple, this. Okay. There we are. Do you like it? Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for for someone to ask the question. Why are you wearing that hat? Thank you so much. I'm glad you came. (laughs) Praise God. Why are you wearing that hat, Charles? Well, let me tell you this. I'm wearing this hat because... I am still celebrating his birth. And so should you be. I am still celebrating his birth. I'm not celebrating the Christmas tree and the presents and the tinsel. I'm celebrating God's greatest gift that was ever given to mankind that I received on the 27th of September 1972. Praise God for that gift. And that gift is real today for everyone who is willing to receive it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to do a little bit of Bible study as we go along. And I praise God, let this work. Cafe Church, we're going to PowerPoint. Yes. No. Uh, Where are we? That's the one. Good. What am I celebrating? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called, let's say it together, shall we? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who we're celebrating. Not just the baby, but who he is. That's who we're celebrating today. This wonderful gift of God's Son has been given to me and to you who believe and receive. I'm still celebrating it. Hallelujah. I can't forget. His gift is given to me freely. Amazing. I'm like one of the children at the time of the triumphal entry. You look it up in your Bible. You'll see it in Luke and wherever. Um, I'm like a child. 
I'm still celebrating it. At the triumphal entry, the children and the people were celebrating. In fact, I was once described by a Baptist minister as being a perennial child. Why? Because my puppet had just soaked everybody with a water pistol. And he caught, when he summed up at the end of the service, he said, and Charles, you are a perennial child. And I said, that's all right. I don't mind being a perennial child. I'd rather be a perennial child and a happy person than a grumpy old grown-up any day. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I must introduce you to George, my puppet, one day. Yes, never mind. Now, I want you to imagine the scene. We're going to look at this triumphal entry. Jesus riding on the donkey, entering Jerusalem. Crowds of people, crowds of people, cheering, celebrating, ripping branches off the trees and waving them and shouting. Now we go to the next PowerPoint. Oh, no. Oh, that's, uh, yes, that's the one. Hosanna, this is what they were shouting. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Don't you want to shout his praise? Well, one does. Don't you want to shout his praise? Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. My spirit within me yearns to shout his praise. Shouting his praise, driving along with the windows open, shouting his praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you an opportunity today. Now, where's that spoon got to? Who's got it? You got it? Stand up. It's like musical chairs. What's your name? Eddie, who are you going to pass it to? Good, give him a smack with it and say, wake up. (laughs) Thank you, Eddie. Carry on, pass it round. That's just to keep your attention, you see. So we're going to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Are you up for this, church? Remember, I'm stirring you. Come on, so I'm going to stir you up this morning. You're not going to plateau. You're not going to settle. You're not going to snooze. You're going to praise God. So, this section and this section here. Could you stand to your feet, please? And together, we're going to shout these words. Ready? After three. And I mean shout. Don't be British. Did I say that? Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes... No, it's not. It's... They were so excited. He was coming into Jerusalem. There was a crowd of people... And they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well done, sit down. Good start. That's encouraging. Thank you. Now it's your turn. Down here. You know what to do. You know what to do. You're going to be better than them, aren't you? You're going to make more noise than them, aren't you? Especially at the back. Come on. Ready? After three. One, two, three. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Sit down. Come on, guys. You've got a lot of work to do. Let's stand together. Okay. Everyone. After three. One, two, three. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Sit down. Could you open those doors a minute? Because I want to hear if Cafe Church are hearing this. Cafe Church, it's your turn. Could you stand to your feet, please, and shout out. (laughs) Hosanna. 
Let's give him a round of Hallelujah. Let's do it one more time. All stand. Come on. Let's raise the roof on this place. Ready? Come on. After three. One, two, three. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. You see, it's good to be stirred up. We get so settled. We get such into a routine, a little rut. You know, it's good to stir up your spirit. Where's that spoon? Who's got the spoon? Stand up. Who are you giving it to? What's your name? Good. Who are you giving the spoon to? This guy, yeah. Well, give him a smack and say, pay attention. No, give him a real smack with it. Well, pass it on to somebody. That's it. Good. Excellent. Dear, 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 dear. Let's raise the roof. Oh, we did that bit. Right. Now, I want you to picture the scene again. Let's go back to Jerusalem. Let's go back to that scene. They're all tearing the branches off there. They're all kicking up a dust. They're all making a lot of noise. They're so excited. They are so excited. They are so loud. And then all of a sudden, the Pharisees turn up. The religious leaders of the city turn up and they say, Jesus, tell those people to be quiet. And I like to picture the scene like this. Jesus climbs off the donkey and he walks right up to them face to face. And then he stoops down and he picks up a stone. And he says, if these people don't shout out, these stones will cry out. Hallelujah. They had no answer for that at all. If soccer fans can cry out and shout for their teams, why can't we shout for Jesus? Why can't we shout for him who scored the greatest goal ever in conquering death? Hallelujah. Find your voice, church. Find your voice. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Find your voice. But looking at these verses, I can't help but wonder why it's called the triumphal entry. After all, wasn't it there in that same city that Jesus was to be arrested? He was going to be beaten. He was going to be tortured, he was going to be crucified, and he would die in that city. But I discovered that the triumph was already his. It had already been achieved much earlier than the entry. When Jesus told his disciples what was going to happen. I'm going to try this again. Ready, Cafe Church? We're going to another PowerPoint. Yes. From that time, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go. He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law. Then he must be killed. (coughs) And on the third day, that's why I made this jug of water. And on the third day, be raised to life. Hallelujah. See, the triumph was already his in this triumphal entry. Why? Because he knew what was going to happen. And despite him knowing, he went through with it. Such was his love for you, 
for me. Yet despite that, he went through with it. There's the triumph in the triumphal entry. But when Peter heard Jesus say these things, we're going to try another PowerPoint. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, to rebuke Jesus. And he said, never, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. I can't find anywhere else, I can't find anywhere else where it says Jesus turned on somebody. But Jesus turned on Peter. He turned on him and he said, Get behind me, Satan. He was addressing Satan who was using Peter. See, Peter meant well. He didn't want Jesus to suffer those things. But Jesus' response was clear. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Which leads me to the next question, really. What's on your mind? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, well, Sunday is okay, because that's church. But where is your focus what is your mind set on? Is it the things of God? Or is it the things of man? See, in Paul's letter to Colossians, go again, it says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Remember, I'm speaking to those who are believers who have received Christ. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. EastEnders, Coronation Street, <laughs> Holby City, Casualty, whatever. Is your mind so full of earthly things that there's little room for God? Except on Sunday mornings, of course. Consider the parable of the talents. How am I going to apply this? Consider the parable of the talents. The master was going away on a journey. And he gave talents, miners, treasure, whatever. Depends what version you read. But he gave treasure to three of his servants. To one, he gave ten. To another, five. And another, one. And he said to them, put this to work until I return. And he went away on his journey. But when he returned, when he came back... Some time later, he called his servants to give account of what they had done with the treasure. The one who had ten said, Master, I have another ten for you. There's another ten. And the master said, oh, good and faithful servant. Well done, well done. The one he had given five to said, I have another five. Here we are. And he gave him the other five. And he said, good, well done. Good and faithful servant, well done. But then he said, the servant that had given one to, well, he said, well, I was afraid. I was afraid. So, to keep your money safe, I dug a hole and I buried it. But as I knew you were coming back today, I dug it up this morning. And... Here it is, it's all wrapped up in this old cloth here. 
And he unwrapped it. And he said, it, it's, it's, it's here. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. I got it for you. There it is. That's the one you give me. And his master looked at him and said, you wicked and lazy servant. Take that one away from him and give it to the one who had ten. And throw this guy out. You are a wicked and lazy servant. Throw this guy out. You could have invested it for me in some form instead of burying it. As a believer, you have been entrusted with a far greater treasure than a coin or money. You have been invested you have been entrusted with a greater treasure and a commission to share the good news with others st paul teaches that we have this treasure in jars of clay that's us but he goes on to say it why we got it and he goes on to say to show god to show god to others when your time here is ended and you stand before the lord and he asks what did you do with the treasure I entrusted you with? What will your answer be? Will it be, well, I've paid my mortgage off. Um, I've lived a good life. I haven't hurt anybody. Or oh, I've given to the church regularly. I actually set up a standing order. <sighs> Tom liked that bit. How will you answer him? How will you answer him? When he has entrusted you with such treasure, what have you done with it? What are you doing with it? Are you showing others it? And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul teaches this. I'm going to take this off because it's getting hot. For God said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Christ. But what good is knowledge unless you share it with somebody? Unless you're bringing that knowledge to bear and bringing light into someone's darkness. This wonderful knowledge is to be shared, not kept secret. And Jesus said to his disciples, and we're going to PowerPoint again, church, uh, cafe. Here it is. This is what Jesus said. He said, you, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone, everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It's not so that they may see your good deeds and say, oh, what a good chap you are. What a lovely lady you are. What a wonderful person you are. No, it is to give glory to God. Do you know, the greatest shame ever is when someone turns around and says, Hey, I never knew you were a Christian. You a Christian? Well, I did. How long have you been a Christian? I didn't know you were a Christian. That's the greatest shame ever that we should bear, you know? We're called to show and be the light and bring light into darkness into others who are suffering in darkness. 
The greatest shame ever is for someone to say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you were a Christian. Don't keep it a secret. Okay, now, where's that spoon got to? Who's got the spoon? <laughs> you got it. Is it passing on or is it come back? It's finished. Stand up. <laughs> is it your wife's birthday? <laughs> give her a smack with this room. Go on. Yay, give him a round of applause. Okay, now, next phase is this. What month are we in now? Come on, what month are we in now? Thank God it's not April Fool's Day. Because if it was, you would have been, I would have been winding you up something rotten. Okay? And I would have been thrown out. So, very wise that it's not the 1st of April. But it is April. And there are nine months left in this year. Currently... Currently, approximately 1,000 people attend Grace Church. 1,000 people attend Grace Church, okay? That's more than any nightclub. Praise God, that's more than any nightclub. Consider this. If 1,000 people shared their knowledge of God's grace with one person per month, bringing them to church to taste and see... Well, look at the maths. 1,000 times 9 equals 9,000. By the end of the year, we have a potential to see a church of 9,000. How about that, Tom? Yes, he said, yes. 9,000, come on. Church, we've got to start believing for big. We've got to start believing for big. And stop settling for the crumbs, but go for the whole loaf. I'm not throwing slices of bread around today. Because I'm telling you now, we've got to stop thinking small and start thinking big. We have a big God and he's doing something new and big here. And you are part of it. You are part of it. You have a part to play. When you start believing for a miracle, when will you start believing for a miracle? Do you know what? You're sitting in a miracle today. Come on. I'll send that spoon round again. <clears throat> you are sitting in a miracle today. But it doesn't mean you can settle in a miracle today. There's greater things to come. You see, we sing greater things are yet to come. And then we sit back and we wait for something to happen or someone to do something. No. You are called to do it. You are God's ambassador. You are God's representative in this place, in this city, in this nation. Who is he calling to reach this nation? You. Yes, you. Not the person next to you or the person in front or behind, but you. You are entrusted with that wonderful knowledge of Christ and the kingdom of God. He's given it to you, not for you to put on a shelf and just get down on a Sunday, but to use throughout the week for his kingdom, for his glory. Church, you have the knowledge of the light entrusted to you. Have you buried it? Do you know where you buried it? 
Does it need an oil rig to reach it? If it does, let's buy one. And let's dig it up. Because God wants to use what he's entrusted you with. Do you know, they say that the last revival in Wales petered out because all they ever did was sing about it. They loved their singing, but that's all they ever did was sing about it. And we gaily sing, greater things have yet to come and greater things are yet to be done in this city. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you said yes, if you said yes, then I want you to believe you are part of the answer. You are part of it. You cannot, say, you cannot play lip service with this stuff. I'm sick of churches that just play lip service and go through the routine of singing and, and whatever. Get into it. Believe that you are called to do those greater things. Uncover your light. Share the knowledge that's been entrusted to you. Bring some good news to somebody this week. Bring light into somebody's darkness this week. Bring hope to the hopeless this week. Bring life to those that are surviving in the shadow of death this week. Be the Christian, the little Christ, that you're called to be. Believe in who you are, in him, and fulfill the commission. Don't be afraid. What have you got to be afraid of? For goodness sake, don't be intimidated. Greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. Come on. I'll send that spoon round again. You need to get hold of these truths and say, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm not going to be in fear. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to bury my light. I'm going to let it shine. And if it upsets somebody, then so be it. Perhaps they need upsetting. But the outcome is glorious. Don't be afraid. God is with you. He is. Believe it. He is with you. And I don't just mean Sunday mornings. He's a seven-day, 24-hour God. He is with you. He has promised to be with you. His faith in you is unwavering. It doesn't alter. If you walk with him, he will lead you into fruitful times. You will see miracles. You will see transformation. You will see your relatives saved. You will see people in your office transformed. You will know God is with you because you will see the works of God. Are you up for this? Yes. Have you dozed off? No. Good. Because God has a job for us all, every one of us. No one is excluded. No one is excluded. God has a mission for us, everyone, every one of us, to reach this city and to reach this nation for God. Amen. 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 I've got to rush on now. Now I've got to return to those who are here today who have not yet received God's forgiveness, who are still on the threshold and they haven't received that gift of eternal life. I want you to listen and pay attention to what I have to say. Listen as if your life depended on it. And it does. Eternal life. You are not here today by chance. You are here by divine appointment. 
You may have seen the light of God's love in others and be attracted to it, but you're not sure what to do about it. That's okay. I was there once. I didn't know about it. I didn't know what they were on about. I thought he was dead. But you believe that you are not good enough. There's someone here today who believes they're not good enough to receive God's forgiveness and you're under condemnation. Well, you are a sinner. You know that. You are a sinner and you sin. Well, welcome on board. Welcome on board because we're all sinners saved by God's grace. Every one of us here. If I asked for a show of hands as to who's a sinner, we'd have a show of hands. It would be like a forest. Believe me. We know we're not good enough for God, but God is good enough for us. Hallelujah. That's why we need a saviour. What does a saviour do? He saves. He rescues us. John the Baptist said, as he saw Jesus approaching, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Takes it away. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us that the wages, the reward for sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Forgiveness and eternal life is a gift from God. You can't earn it, you don't deserve it, and you can't buy it. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's freely given. It's freely given. Right. Tribe. Tribe. There's 10 euro here for the first tribe member who comes and gets it. That is how to receive a gift. That is how to receive a gift. Am I running out of time? I'm not going to go through all the verses that I had because I think I'm running out of time. If that thing's ticking away, I don't know. Listen, I said earlier to those... So I said earlier to those who are on the threshold of faith, okay? Today, you're not here by chance. You're here by divine appointment. This is your chance. It is your opportunity. This is your time. This is your appointment with God. Will you stop trying to work it all out in your little head? Because you'll never work it all out. He's bigger than that. Just gratefully receive the gift, just as my young friend there did. Okay? Forgiveness for past, present, and future sins. Eternal life and new birth in Christ. The Bible teaches you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again of the Spirit of God. Unless you are born again of the Spirit of God. Flesh and blood will not enter the kingdom. Only the Spirit will. But God's gift is life, eternal life. A new spirit he will put within you. A new life he will give you. He will set you free from the past, 
condemnation. And he will bring you to a new place of freedom and joy in him. You know I'm talking to you. You know. Your eyes have been opened. You have heard the the good news. I have shared the knowledge with you. Now, this is your chance, your appointment, to step out from the past and into the new. To step out from darkness and into the light. Hallelujah for the light. Oh, it's good in there. Come on in, the water's lovely. Yeah? To step out of darkness and into the light. You're not here by chance. You're here because God brought you here today to hear this simple message from this simple person. But the fact is, it's a powerful message. It brings transformation. It brings new life. And it's here for you today. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to show you some, another verse. All right? We're going to go on. I'm going to do all those. It's too long. Revelation 3. This is Jesus. He says, Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's standing and he's knocking today and he's saying, Will you let me in? How much longer have I got to stand here and knock in? Will you let me in? And I want to encourage you before I break this thing. <laughs> As it's beginning to hurt. Will you let him in? Or will you keep him waiting at the door? No. How dare you keep God waiting at the door? How dare you? My goodness. Listen, don't ignore his voice. He's calling you today. You can feel it. You know it. It's in your heart. It's in your head. My words are sinking in. I know it's going home. Don't ignore it. Open that door to your heart and invite him in. Now I'm going to call those who want to receive Christ for the first time to come and join me out the frontier. Yes, I know that's different from what is often done. I know it's often done that everybody closes their eyes and you know, raise a hand. But to me that's like a secret ballot. Well, I'm not into that. You see... I Listen to this. Listen to this. Hear my heart on this. I'm not being critical about anybody or anything. But this is just what God has shown me. Okay? Jesus was arrested publicly. Jesus was beaten publicly. He was stripped and he was flogged publicly. He was paraded through the streets of Jerusalem, carrying his cross, bleeding to death publicly. He was then nailed to that cross publicly. He was then raised up on that cross publicly. Now, if my Jesus can do all that publicly, I don't think it's asking too much for you to respond publicly and join me out here today to receive his gift of life and eternal life and promise that is eternal too. It's not asking too much. But we're going to make it easier for you because I'm going to ask everyone to stand, please. And I'm just going to ask the church now to give a round of applause to those that are going to come and join me out here now. Would you give a round of applause? (laughs) Cafe Church, you too. Cafe Church, you too. If this message has gone home to your heart today, 
Come and join me here. Come and join me here. You've got a chance. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. It is your opportunity to get right with God and move on with God. You can join me now. Come on. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Cafe Church, you can leave there and run up the stairs and join us. Come on. I'm waiting. Not waiting much longer. Time is up. Thank you, Lord. Church, just raise a hand forward, please. If there's anybody come with this lady, please come and stand with her. Martina is already a Christian. She just wants to come closer. That's fine. That's good. Okay. Well, we're going to ask the Lord to come and reveal himself more intimately and greatly to Martina here. Heavenly Father, thank you for your message today. I know your word doesn't fall to the ground. I know your word goes home. Lord, by your spirit, I pray on Martina. May she know your peace, your love, and your joy in her heart from this day forth in a greater sense. In Jesus' name, church, amen. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're the God of the city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless, you are. And there is no one like our God. God. You're the God of the city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. Yes, you are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like our God. There is no
close in prayer. Well, we can, I can invite you to lift your hands as we close in prayer this morning. Lord, we sing that song and we really do believe it, that greater things are yet to come. The great, greater things are yet to come in us, through us, and for us. Would anyone say amen? amen? Lord, as we go today, we pray, as we go into our week, that you would be with us in our hearts. Amen? amen. That you would be with us in our heads. Amen? amen? And that you would be with us in our hands and bless every part of our lives. And go before us in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said... Amen. 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 Tommy Creek, now we're done, brothers and sisters. Tea and coffee is being served upstairs. God bless and keep you. We'll see you again at 12 o'clock and on Tuesday night when we'll be looking at finding favor. God bless and go with you. Amen.